a welcome to the Buran and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each one of our episodes, you'll experience insightful discussions that'll help you become a more effective insurance professional. And today, Chris and I are pleased to welcome uh, Jason Bogart from Deep Customer Connections. Welcome, Jason. We're glad to have you. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Well, I think we'll kick it off. Chris, you wrote an article recently about carrier strategies, what carriers are doing in cultures and things. Uh, can you give everybody a little overview of that? Yeah, it, it's really clear if you look at the numbers um, that there's a new culture being built by the most successful carriers. It's a culture that's different than uh, one that exists between the carrier and their agents, their distributors, or the carriers that aren't quite making it. Um, they are growing in a pretty straightforward manner. No tricks, no anything. They're bringing true competitive advantages to the table. As part of that is, what is your relationship with your agents going to be? And I think that that's just a, a really, really crucial point. And when I work with carriers, I find that a lot of carriers really aren't sure what their relationships with their agents are supposed to be on a go-forward basis. They really haven't put the dots together as to how, with all the technology that exists, what is the technology going to do? What's the agent supposed to do? How are we supposed to compensate the agent for doing what it is that we're not sure we know what they want them to do any longer? There's a lot of confusion out there in that sense, but the carriers that are really nailing it, they have it all figured out already. And I think that's where some of Jason's work comes in that's, that's so valuable is that you can you can really see what works and where execution is so key and you can see where it really what doesn't work and we need to get carriers would be wise to give it up and and just go with what works instead of fighting the other way is that a fair synopsis jason yeah you know at dcc we we're very specialized we we measure the relationships between insurance carriers and the agents. And our clients tend to be carriers or um, large insurance agencies or networks. And um, we, we measure um, the relationships. And in, in particular, we're focused on how easy is the carrier to do business with for the agent from the agent's perspective. And we're looking at about 11 key factors on that. And when I read your article, I kind of got fired up because um, Every year, we take all the data from all of our surveys and combine them and then um, do a study for our clients to show them kind of what's going on kind of on a, a more countrywide um, industry basis. And it was really interesting to me just looking at carriers' performance on how easy they are to do business with last year. When we looked at the percentage of carriers that declined in performance, versus those that improved, 65% um, declined in 2022 compared to 2021. And 2021 being a really tough year because of all the transitions from COVID and the, and the work from home. So it seems to even be getting worse. So I don't know what you're seeing, Paul, um, on your end or Chris, what you're hearing from other people, but that I, I think your article really is supported by the data that we have. Yeah. I'm not sure Paul should answer that question from since <laughs> yeah. what he sits on a daily basis. Probably not. 
and it is. I mean, you see some carriers that I think are are doing a, a really good job, actually. Yeah. Uh, but you know, to that sixty five percent, I would not uh, try to argue with that percentage at all. I think we have some do business with a lot of carriers that the phrase I would use is don't know what don't know what they want to be when they grow up. I guess in a lot of ways they're they're doing so many different things. They're not really executing. They're trying different even channels and things and and kind of leaving that independent agent uh, ignored a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's definitely the case. And I think that's really well said, Paul, in, in many ways, is that even internally, when I because I consult for insurance companies, um, what I'll see a lot of times with companies is that there's even a disconnect between the leadership and the field that is pretty significant. And the field has has marching orders to do this this way or that way, whatever it is, or they're just not been told anything. And then you have the C-suite that has kind of maybe developed some other strategy, but for reasons they're not maybe comfortable sharing what that strategy is with their field people yet. Or maybe they didn't think to remember to tell the field what the new strategy was or whatever the case may be. And so you then you have that disconnect that's pretty significant and then that disconnect gets back to the agents and the agents get dissatisfied. And you see the 65% decline that Jason mentioned. The, the disconnects are pretty significant at, at so many levels throughout the carriers right now. It's um, a real opportunity for the carriers to have their act together to have some significant success. Yeah, it really is. Jason, I mean, thank you. Sorry, oh, Paul. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead, please. I was just going to say, there's a, a lot of ways when you talk about these uh, connections and and uh, ease of doing business. Um, what are some of the top things that that you you measure? I know what I think about when I look at a carrier and they're rolling out all these new, say, bells and whistles, or they've got a new system all the time. But there are some really key things I think that I know work for us really well when we do business with a carrier. Yeah, so maybe the best way to answer that question is one of the things we're measuring is what's the importance level of various factors to agents. And I'm so we're doing this in aggregate. So obviously an individual agent may disagree with this, but in, in aggregate, what we're seeing is the most important factors to agents um, from an ease of business standpoint are um, how fair are the claims and how prompt are the claims. And we saw some, we'll circle back to this hopefully, but we saw some really interesting changes in that, um, in, in the performance on those two factors last yeah. year. Um, but then the next most important, and I think if you're looking at, if you're caring, you're like, how do I get agents to place business with me? This factor is super important. It's just calling the agent back, underwriting responsiveness. So last year, we saw 71% of the carriers um, that were rated by the agents that declined in underwriting responsiveness, 71%. And so how is an agent supposed to place business when they can't even get a response to a submission or a call? And, you know, if I was in the C-suite, I'd be like, how much of all this marketing that I'm doing is just wasted dollars because 
the people in the field can't, for whatever reason, execute and call the people back um, to close the deal. It's just huge inefficiency, and um, I think it's impairing some companies' ability to grow. Jason, I'm really glad you brought that up because there's a company out there who agents, in my experience, tend to love to hate. Yeah. And yet they are one of the five fastest growing carriers in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is that the responsiveness, whether you're using their system or their people is impeccable. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so much in claims, but, <laughs> <laughs> but on the systems and the underwriting response, it's impeccable. And yeah. so it's easy for the people in the agency to get the business on the books. And they are so busy in agencies that they need, they need that responsiveness. And I think you've nailed it. Is the money at the carrier really better spent on making sure the people in the field can execute? Because what good does it do to increase an appetite if someone comes to the table hungry, but there's no, no food on the dinner plate? Right. And that seems to be what you've identified is that there's a hunger for agents to place business with some of these companies, but they can't respond. Right. And it's not, I, I mean, I've identified it, but it's the agents that are saying it. I mean, and, and it's loud and clear, it's super important to them and it's just not happening. It's wow um, from a lot of companies. And so they're really um, losing opportunity on something that you would think is just basic blocking and tackling basically should be just table stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I and 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 with that, from from our experience, some of it I think comes down to, I think maybe staffing issues in, in some instances. And while we're going to get to claims, I think I see that on both sides. Right, every time you call a carrier, you say, "Well, I need to speak to our underwriter." or our claims person, and it's a different person with every call a lot of times because there's there's huge uh, turnover on the carrier side. Now, that's probably going to speak to a lot of different issues from their standpoint, but even some carriers where you don't have that turnover, maybe the person's sitting there and you still don't get a response, it's it's kind of painful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we see a lot of comments from agents just you know, some of them are like, just get back to the office. Now, I personally think there's carriers that are that are either hybrid or remote with their underwriters that are still executing. So they've probably had to shift the way they manage and the way they monitor what's going on. But there's the others that just can't seem to get there. And and uh, and you're right, there has been a lot of turnover. And a lot of the feedback we see in comments from agents is they really like consistency in their underwriters. And because then they know kind of what to expect and knowing what to expect is almost as important as the, as the end result. Right. Absolutely. I was going to say one more question on that responsiveness, right? I think some of the carriers are, are trying to build in these systems and they, they tout their systems. Oh, you could just put this in um, and, and get an answer. That doesn't really ha seem to have, have translated really well out in the field. Uh, Jason, can you, what are the feedback you're seeing from agents? I mean, rather than saying, oh, it's systems rather than people. So some, um, 
sometimes we ask the question like what are the what what are the easiest carriers you do business with doing and so overwhelmingly what we see from them is they're like look um the process of quote to issue is fast and it's and um it's easy for me to self-serve if i want but also some agents don't want to self-serve so they you know especially if they're dealing with something more complex so then they want to be able to reach out to somebody but inevitably what they say is we like that we can quote to issue quickly and easily but we also want to be able to talk to an underwriter because invariably there's going to be some little thing, um, even on a simple account, that we need to talk to somebody. We just want to get it done and move on to the next thing. So that a lot of carriers, I think, are thinking that technology by itself is going to be their savior. That's at least with the current technology, that's not the case. Um, that the they still want to talk to an underwriter. Now, who knows where chat GPT is going to go in the future, but that's still the case as of today. You know, I think you bring up something really interesting, Jason, is we always talk about this being a people business, right? And at the end of the day, we're insuring people. We're not insuring house. We're Mm -hmm. insuring people. And everybody, by definition, is an individual. And every situation is a little bit unique. A human being, and and maybe I'm sounding like uh, Joe Walsh, the rock star's uh, song. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm the analog man here or something like that. I don't know his song about that. But um, a human being is still, a well-trained human being is still really the most efficient solution on the underwriting side in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And having that relationship with somebody where you can have a discussion. If you're the agent and you're unsure about something, having a discussion with another human being, the same one over and over, it's not just a matter of efficiency. It's a matter of comfort. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to, I think it would be wise to acknowledge the need for at the agency level to have that human comfort level. Mm -hmm. And how valuable that really is. Does that make sense from your surveys and from your days as a company executive? Oh, well, it definitely does from my days as a company executive. I found if I wanted, I've been in situations where I was trying to do turnarounds where there was no growth, there was negative growth. And the only way we could work out of it was to align the right underwriters with the right agents where they developed relationships, they communicated well, and, you know, they just got the job done together. And, um, it sounds simple, but it's really hard in the execution. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, that's also what we see from the comment data that we get from agents that they really value. Um, they really value that feel like, even if you don't have assigned underwriters, the fact that if they call in, they're getting consistent answers. That's mm-hmm. so to your point, if you're not going to have an, you know, an assigned underwriter with an agent. Be sure that your people are so well-trained so they're giving consistent answers. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Jason. Paul, you, I know you've read the book um, called Noise by Daniel Kahneman mm. and others. And uh, in that book, it's a great book because they picked on two industries to research about con- the importance of consistency. And one was the criminal justice system and the other was property and casualty underwriting. <laughs> <laughs> 
I haven't read that book. I'm going to definitely read it. <laughs> it's a phenomenal book. And the book goes into the financial value of consistency. Yeah. I think, I think that's huge. And, and, and with that consistency, I mean, I think it's, we started off talking about claims. Maybe we could pivot over there a little bit because I think all of this really applies, especially that uh, human connection. I see these, uh, you know, upload a picture, you'll get a, you'll get an estimate. They're trying to streamline that system. And yet uh, the connection that a person has to another individual, if you can get that down, right. I remember reading a study about, um, medical malpractice and when something goes wrong and even if the doctor didn't really do a great job if if he expressed empathy had a good bedside manner it really didn't develop into a a bad claim for the most part you could have a really professional uh doctor that did everything right but wasn't empathetic so just kind of make the connection to oh we did this perfectly seamlessly you uploaded the picture you didn't talk to anybody everything was done right but there was something that happened mm-hmm. you're going to miss out on that piece i think by not having that connection yeah so the, what the data showed us was that um it, it, the claims decline in performance wasn't as great as say the underwriting decline but the um but it was still significant like 59 percent of age of age of carriers declined on claims promptness um, between 2021 to 2022 and 54% on being fair on the claims. And then what we saw from the data when we dig down into personal lines versus commercial lines is it's even more stark. And um, and it even gets down to the three personal lines carriers that were rated most often um, by independent agents and personal lines, um, their claim scores decreased their performance decreased dramatically between 2021 and 2022 from the agent's perspective. Um, so something's going on when it comes to claims handling, particularly in personal lines. Um, so to, to your point, maybe it's, maybe it does have something to do with um, now less and less human interaction um, and maybe inter- interjecting some at critical points because clearly, you know, expense matters too in the process. So you don't want to waste, you don't want to waste dollars in areas that don't matter. Yeah. I can, you know, one of the responses I hear a lot, Jason, from my client, agency clients, is that the adjusters don't know how to read a policy correctly. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what's causing a lot of dissatisfaction is they don't know how to read a policy. So they're denying claims that shouldn't be denied. And it, the examples I hear a lot are pretty simple, pretty black and white examples. So I don't know if there's a lack of training at the carriers now for their adjusters. I don't really know what's going on. But I hear that, especially in personal lines, pretty much uh coast to coast from agency clients. I don't know if that showed up in your surveys. Yes, that that is showing up in the surveys and um you know what 
what the root cause of it is is hard to determine. Whether it's um, like Paul mentioned earlier, you know, turnover of employees. Well, then you've got to train people up really quickly. Then you've got people that, um, I mean, traditionally there's been a lot of remote claims handling, but now it seems like it's probably even to a greater extent. So whereas before an adjuster could just holler over the cube to their supervisor, now they can't just do that. So um, it, is that impacting it when you've got a when you've got a brand new adjuster? Are they just not getting the mentoring that they need? Yeah. Yeah. And Paul, let me, I'd like to mention one thing real quickly along those lines for all the agents listening. One of the things that we're seeing in the E&O world is an increase in E&O issues from agents trying too hard to solve claims problems because the adjusters are adjusting the claims incorrectly. So to all the agents listening, Remember, in when you're trying to help somebody with a claim, don't cross the line because that just creates an E&O problem and it may not solve the insured's issue either. So just wanted to use this opportunity to share that with everyone. Be really careful. Educate your own employees to not cross that line. Yeah. That's probably going to be a, a, a good topic for a future podcast to talk about uh, okay. just claims in general. But uh, Jason, thank you for sharing this. If you could kind of just summarize then what your um, most recent data is saying and, and, and how you think people could, could use that to improve their, their operations, whether agency side or, or carrier side. I think from an agent's perspective, be conscious of, of um, which carriers are really performing well when it comes to um, being easy to do business with because that's going to be saving you money as, as an agent, right? You're going to be way more efficient dealing with those companies. Um, some of the ones that are doing super well that Chris mentioned at the beginning. And I think that's probably different in every agency. So you got to assess that yourself. Um, from a carrier side, um, take, a, take a look at your operations and, and, the, and the field execution and be sure that your agents are, or that you're, that you're, underwriters and claims people are being responsive and that they, that they're well-trained so that they know um, they're making good, consistent decisions. Um, especially if you're trying to grow as a carrier investments in those areas will pay dividends. Thank you. And if someone wants to get a hold of you, Jason, what's the best way for them to, to do that and have a conversation? Uh, well, my email address is jason.bogart at deepcc.com. And our website is deepcc.com. Well, thank you so much for taking the, the time to, to join us today and talk. I've really enjoyed the conversation. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time.